Now then, everyone, welcome back to the next episode of the Incremental Gains Audiobook Podcast. Yes, it's been a while since I've recorded um, part of an audiobook, but I've been busy writing away, getting some words down, again, just committing to, in the morning, write 500 words. Just schedule it in, make a commitment, one decision, make that one decision that every morning while you're having a cup of coffee, after your morning routine, you're just going to write 500 words. Just get it done, just just write. So we'll see how this goes. So this next chapter is about learning. That might sound like seem like a pretty boring subject. But no, hear me out. So learning, we all learn in different ways. Certainly when I was at school, I don't think they really embraced different people's learning styles. So whether that's you're an audio-based learner, you're a visual-based learner or a kinesthetic learner, we'll, we'll jump into what they mean later on. There was probably people, in hindsight, there was probably young adults left by the wayside a little bit because schools didn't really embrace different people's learning styles because it was just sat in a classroom either going through a textbook or watching the teacher write on a board. Now, depending on your learning style, you've probably not got the best chance of consuming and actually dissecting that information. Anyway, so here we go. So during lockdown 3.0, yeah, we're still here, 12 months on. I've been after a rowing machine to supplement my cardio for, for ages. So I finally got on, finally made an investment, and an investment it certainly is, honestly, we'll get into it. So I bought a rowing machine, jumped on it, couldn't wait to start going on it, so did my weights, jumped on the rowing machine, couldn't wait to get going. I've been watching videos on YouTube like a proper, proper geek, of Steve, Sir, Sir Steve Redgrave, sorry, apologies, and Matthew Pinsett um, in the Olympics and the amount of punishment that they, they inflicted on their bodies training for rowing. And I thought, I'm a pretty pretty fit lad, like, I'm, I'm obviously I'm not saying I'm Olympic level or anything like that. Far from it. But I thought, yeah, I can, I can get on row for 15, 20 minutes and, and be all right. Like, yeah, I've got a good level of cardio and that. You'd be surprised. <laughs> so I was curious about the amount of punishment that Olympic rowers like Redgrave and Matthew Pinsett could inflict on the bodies. So I wanted to get a, a gauge on my ability to withstand pain. And I thought, I'm going to row 2,000 metres. I'm going to get a good benchmark of 2,000 metres and what my time is. For those who have listened to the rest of this podcast, this rest of this book, I talk about uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu quite a bit. And my first experience of jiu-jitsu, that was humbling. But rowing was humbling in a different way. It, it, it messed me up a little bit in my head. Just like when I started Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I thought I was fit. But jumping on the rowing machine for the first time, and I thought I could row the 2,000 metres anywhere between 10 minutes around that. Well, let me tell you that that did not happen. So 16 minutes it took me. 16 minutes to row 2,000 metres. 
it's pretty pathetic and I was absolutely bollocks after it. I couldn't breathe. My legs, back and arms were killing me. I couldn't talk and there's a video of Sir Steve Redgrave training and he's going, he's inflicting that much pain, there's that much fatigue and lactic acid build-up in his body that he completes the 2,000 metres and he collapses off the room machine. Well, that was like me, but I'd only done a pathetic 16-minute 2,000-metre row. Honestly, I lay down on the garage floor, looking up at the ceiling. <sighs> nightmare. Nightmare. So then I jumped on again a few days later, and I was almost worse. I couldn't get my head around. And after me again geeking out and Googling how people row a sub-10 minute, 2,000 metres. I can't, I couldn't figure it out. And they're getting 16 metres. 16 metres for a 2,000 metre row. How do I knock, like, six minutes, six minutes off that? Changing subjects slightly. I've always had, over the last, probably since about 2013, I've always had a meditation practice. Yeah, complete switch around, yeah. So it's not all about rowing. I've always had a meditation practice, but I've not always been consistent with it. Throughout the last month, though, and one of my 90-day outcomes was to meditate every day. Andy Puddicombe, who's the uh, founder of Headspace, the meditation app, he, um, if he was furloughed from work at the beginning of the first lockdown down in March last year, so that's March 2020, he actually was giving away, if he'd been furloughed, he was giving away a year's membership on the Headspace app, so I utilised that. But from probably November, one of my 90-day outcomes was to focus more on utilising the meditation every day. I'm okay sitting on my own. I don't mind my own company whatsoever. I don't mind being alone. And because of the situation we find ourselves in February 2021, when you listen to this, I have started to experience a lot of negative thoughts and a lot of anxiety in lockdown 3.0. So I decided to commit to doing meditation every day. So rowing and meditation, it's about learning something new. One of my highest values is learning new things. Learning new things. But learning is an actual skill in itself. Being able to learn something is a skill in itself. So how do we learn? For me, and, and this may sound obvious, but learning requires a certain amount of patience. I am certainly guilty of this, but I want to be the best straight away. And it definitely does not work like that. I think it's important, and I've written about this in a recent email, I think it's important to be rubbish at something. To be absolutely rubbish at something. At least when you start off. And there's no pressure, that's where pressure comes from. We put this pressure on ourselves to be good and be great at things, but it's okay to be shit at something, especially when you're first starting out. Whether that's making videos, writing emails, marketing whether that's starting a job, whether that's learning a new subject at college, whether that's rowing, whether that's meditating, whatever it is. And I want you to think about this. We overestimate how much we can achieve in a week, but underestimate 
the amount we can achieve in a year. So after the first week, we want to be great. I want to be rowing at Olympic level, six minutes, 2,000 meter rows. Yeah, that's completely, it's not going to happen, is it? Do you know what I mean? I've completely overestimated my um, skill set, my mindset, and uh, my ability to, to be able to put that much, put my body through that much pain. But I probably underestimate what I could achieve in a year. So if I learn, we're going to get into it in a minute. If I learn how to row correctly and I build up my fitness over the course of a year, then potentially, potentially I could row 10 minutes for a 2,000 meter row. So meditation and rowing are just like anything else. It's a skill. And every skill requires technique. This might sound obvious to you lot listening here now, even if it's just one of you. It might sound obvious that everything requires technique, but I think we forget about it sometimes. We forget that everything requires a technique. You can't just be good at something. It requires technique. So whether that's, again, writing, creative writing, there's technique involved, there's structure that goes into writing copy, writing a book, writing an email. For those who do jiu-jitsu, there's a lot of technique. You can't just go in and start trying to out-wrestle and use strength and use power because when you come up against someone who's trained for quite a while, that's not going to put you in the best scenario for for rolling and creating efficiency of energy. So everything... I say everything requires technique now. And growing up, I've always been crap at football. But I don't particularly want to be good at football. But growing up, all my mates were into football. And I was always last picked. No, it's not a sob story. You don't have to feel sorry for me. But I was crap at football because I didn't put any time in to practicing it. I didn't really care about football. I still don't watch football to this day. But it was something I didn't want to get good at. But football, like anything else, it requires technique. How to pass the ball, how to control the ball, technique with left foot, right foot. There's a fundamental technique in everything we do. So why should rowing and meditation be any different? I've referred to this man before, if you've listened to the audiobook, but it's more relevant than ever. Miyamoto Masashi, famous samurai, says in the Book of Five Rings, once you know the way broadly, you can see it in all things. Now, what do I mean? Well, once you understand that there is a fundamental technique behind any skill, even the skill of learning. So I'll give you another example, playing a musical instrument. It won't apply to everyone, but I know from my own experiences that I'm quite logical in my learning style. And I like to get deep into the details as to why things are they are. So hence, again, using jujitsu as an example, being the coach, it's important, I think, that I need to know why our technique works, not just what the technique is. So I go a little bit deeper, a level deeper. So hence, when I was learning the guitar, back when I was working down south in the MOD police, I started to teach myself how to play the guitar. And I realised that if I learn the notes that make up chords, and I learn the notes that are on the fretboard, over time, with enough practice, I could technically learn to play any chord. But if you, this is if you understand your learning style, 
So if you understand that your, your audio, your visual, your kinesthetic, or you're a little bit of both, then this will accelerate how you will learn a skill. So I'm very much a kinesthetic learner. I realized this early on when I was doing karate. I could remember that the katas and the patterns of movement by doing them instead of reading the moves from a book. And later on in life, doing weapons handling tests, handling rifles, carrying out drills, I was much better with a weapon in hand, carrying out the drills rather than reading the instructions from a book. So very quickly, playing the guitar, I was able to remember shapes of chords with repetition, the mother of all skill, moving the shapes of chords, and over time it become unconscious. So what was really interesting is recently my dad came down as well and we, we were going over some, some finger-picking patterns because my dad plays guitar as well. We'd both been practicing some finger-picking from two different songs and we were just showing each other the, the patterns that we were using to pick the strings on the guitar. But what was interesting was when I tried to break it down and show me dad the finger-picking pattern, it's easy for you to say, I couldn't. I couldn't consciously show me dad the pattern and break it down. But if I tried to do it without teaching him and just played it, I could play it. But then when I was trying to show him which string to hit, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I could only play it unconsciously. Now, the brain has two systems to it. This is all from Daniel Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Slow. The system one and system two. Initially, when we learn a skill, we are conscious. We're consciously aware of how rubbish we are at it. So this is, in, this is conscious incompetence. So we are aware how rubbish we are at it. So after a while of practicing, we, we then move over to conscious competence. Yeah, so we're, we're getting better, we're competent, but we still have to think about what we are doing. So this is the first part of system one. After time and repetition, we move over to a system two, which is unconscious competence. So we're competent, but it's unconscious now. It's it's subconscious. It's We just play it. Like the example with my dad and the guitar, I could just play it. It's unconscious competence. So I don't have to think it anymore. I can do it autom automatically. Just like learning to drive. Just like learning the guitar. There is a technique in everything. Rowing and meditation are no different. So why would I think that I could just jump on the rower and blast out a sub 10 minute 2k time. No way. No way. Again, what a humbling exercise. So that's why I try to adopt, and I've spoken about this before, a white belt mentality. So definitely an ego check. But I think it's important to, to learn something new and embrace the process and have a patience to adopt a growth mindset. Understand that it's okay to be shit at something, but I think we need to implement new skills in our life. I think it's integral to be a white belt at something, whether that's on the rowing machine, whether that's a white belt at meditation, whether that's white belt at a guitar, and overcome the kind of frustration at being crap at something. Just embrace learning a new skill. Get a purpose. 
again, the big buzzword is about resilience and creating resilience. And one way we can create resilience is just learning something new. Being frustrated and being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable doesn't have to be a Goggins-esque running a marathon every day. It can be learning a new skill. Being uncomfortable, learning a new skill and being a white belt at something. Being uncomfortable, trying to sit on your own for 10 minutes every morning with your thoughts and create longer spaces between each thought. Try not to get too frustrated, but embrace learning a new skill. And try and learn more about yourself and how you learn. What is your learning style? Do you even know what learning style you are? Like Bruce Lee said, all knowledge ultimately leads to self-knowledge. The more we learn about ourselves, the more we can learn about how we adapt and thrive and how we act in certain situations. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.